Hello, my name is Hindel Grossman, and welcome to Inside Divorce. Today, we'll be speaking with Stephen Melanson, whose business is called Melanson Consulting, and we're going to be talking about verbal branding and how that relates to people transitioning through a divorce. So welcome, Stephen. Thanks for having me on your podcast, Hindel. You're welcome. Nice to have you. Always interested in hearing new ways of people kind of transforming themselves when an event happens in their life. So I'm interested in hearing what you have to say about verbal branding. So first, I'd like to know what that is. Well, verbal branding has, first off, many applications, some of them for business, some of them for a person and and their personal needs. Verbal branding, in essence, is a spoken application for branding in general. The piece of branding that I would refer to is called positioning. So that can be applied to a whole bunch of things. So in business, it might be how does the company or person position themselves to sell more things. It might be to build culture internally. Now, when you come down to the personal part of it, it helps people position, if you will, how they want to act or react to something. So, I mean, I know we're going to get into this, but if a person is going through something personal and they need to make change... Or, and I'm, I'd love to talk more about this in a few minutes, but if they need to simplify something for it to all work out better, yeah. then the logic behind verbal branding works incredibly well, actually, because it's a complicated life. People find themselves in all sorts of situations, and the model that I use for business or a person yeah. helps them target things more appropriately, prioritize things more appropriately, and just have them work out better. So branding, to me, is a way of selling yourself. Is that mm-hmm. an accurate explanation of what a branding is? Well, you know what the the actual definition of a brand or branding is owning an idea in the mind of a consumer, for instance. That would be the business application. Uh And that's where the positioning comes in. You want to, like Volvo and safety, they own that idea in the consuming public. Okay. But a person can think of it slightly differently, where if I wanted to lose weight, I would want to position my ideas around that. Okay. How would I go about doing that, for instance? Okay. Or if I wanted to get through a divorce, yeah. the best way to do that maybe is to simplify my approach to how I might want to do that, both emotionally and maybe situationally and how I want to act and react accordingly before, during, and after a divorce. For so instance. it's a way of kind of creating yourself. It can absolutely be. I've helped people, and I've been doing this for 16 years. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. Mm, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I've helped people get new jobs. I've helped them think through a personal circumstance and clarify uh-huh. how they want to deal with it. Uh-huh. And it all has to do with a sort of simplicity logic that I think really, really works. The evidence is that it works really well. Well, perhaps you can give me a little bit of your background. Well, I'm a sales guy from way back. So you're correct that the uh-huh. origin of something that, you know, anything affiliated with branding has to do in, in many respects with marketing things or selling things. So I'm a sales guy from way back. And I spent at least 25 years of my life selling. And to this day, including what I do now. Okay. But what that ended up meaning was that I orient myself towards how people think and speak. And that's why I transformed myself from a salesperson or a sales manager yeah. into a branding person. Uh-huh. Because the essence of branding actually is how do people think and speak. Uh-huh. And everything else comes out of that. So if a person inside of a company needs to rebrand the company, the first thing that has to be agreed upon is how do we think around here collectively, then how do we market that those thoughts? And are they different and better than the competition we have? I see. So towards a person, I know people don't like the word sales sometimes. They might have um, a negative reaction to that. Mm-hmm. But 
I don't mind it so much. I think, you know, most things that go on, somebody's selling an idea or either to someone else or to themselves, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but they have to clarify and have something valuable about it. So you're right. Sales is part of the whole thing. I'm a sales guy at heart. That's how I think. But because of the idea I have that everything starts between someone's ears and if they have Mm -hmm. the correct notions in their head, they can change their activity. They can change how they think, how they feel. And once they start doing that, they start acting and reacting differently and hopefully for the better. So things follow in a sequence. It's the way you think for a personal example. Mm -hmm. It's the way you think about yourself Mm -hmm. and follow is the ways you act and the ways you interpret information in the future. Absolutely. So I would defy anyone. I say, I do a lot of speaking in public. So I, I every once in a while I bring this up. I defy anyone to tell me uh-huh. that things don't start with how they think. Uh-huh. Like that launches everything that happens. And my own version of things for whether it's business purposes or for a person trying to improve something or change is the next piece of all that is what they're able to say. Uh-huh. So when you can articulate something inside your head and, and even say it in simplicity out loud to yourself or others, then that's where you know action comes after that. That's absolutely, to me, the logic of things. Yeah. So this is a difficult concept for people to internalize even when they're not getting divorced, <laughs> right? When they're getting divorced, it's an opportunity, though, for people to recreate themselves, mm-hmm. think about themselves in a different way, mm-hmm. and for therefore for them to potentially live in a different way. Mm-hmm. And certainly what you're suggesting would help people get through the divorce because perhaps they're better decision makers when they can kind of figure out who they are? Well, that's part of it. I would actually start with this. Complexity is almost everyone's problem in almost everything they do. Uh So as a business person, there's complexity that people have to deal with. So that's one piece of, you know, certainly the biggest part of what I do in my life for business is business transactions. But for people, there's complexity. And the reason I thought it'd be interesting to talk about this my own thought process was yeah. people before, during, and after a divorce. And by the way, I've been divorced. Ah, so I do speak. That does give you I some do. perspective. Well, then. it gives me some perspective without yeah. question. So I think what people have trouble with is the complexity of their situation and the, and the complexity of their emotion. Yeah. So my belief is that if that's the situation and someone gives themselves permission to be ultra simple about their decision-making, about how they prioritize things, you know, be the appropriate amount of selfish, for instance, and you know more about that than I do when it comes to divorce. But Are you saying th- I'm selfish? <laughs> no. No, in terms of your <laughs> advising people. Okay. But I think people need permission to be simpler and to be a little bit selfish. And again, I keep saying this to myself this way, before, during, and after a divorce, because mm-hmm. that's what we're really talking about, mm-hmm. is how do you get through all that? Yes. So I'm going to go ahead and put myself in a position to be the one who's going to give other people permission, whether they take it or not. But to be simpler about what would make them happy, how Uh to best move forward. And it's okay to not buy into the complexity of a situation. Like I say, I've been through a divorce too. So it turns out that things work better when they're simpler. Uh When someone has the ability to simplify what it is they want and kind of maybe even put some things that they want on the back burner because they're not as much of a priority. So- I'm not sure where to go with all that right now in the moment, but people need permission to be simple about what they think, what they want, to be selfish, I think. Yeah. And there's a model I use that has to do with if you're paying attention to any more than one or two things at a time, you yeah. have absolute diminishing returns, Oh, whether it's business or personal. So focus. Focus, prioritize, be okay that something is simple and you'll get to the rest later. Yeah. And 
believe it or not, it helps you get to the rest later or faster. That's a too. very nice view because there is a lot of noise during mm. divorce, right? Mm. Noise meaning distractions. I bet. That take away from the sim- simplicity and the focus of the basic goals. Well, I experienced that. I, I just assume on one level that others experience similar things. Yeah. So I went through it. So that's how I, the reason I think about it yeah. that way. You know, this week, actually, I had two cases that are called using the collaborative process mm. and the beginning of the meetings. The meetings are held in a conference room, in fact, in this very room we're sitting in. And we have a whiteboard here and we write the goals of the process. So the collaborative process, it's, it is used for divorce. And so we both had both the husband and the wife identify what their goals are. Often, when they're children, the goal is to make sure that they're happy and safe and get through this as unscathed as possible, and that both feel that the resolution is fair. But those are simple goals, aren't they? <laughs> well, I guess the perspective I have is if they could keep just those yeah. in mind. And you know, I'm, I'm not an expert on divorce, but I, I guess I'd have to say I'm an expert on simplicity and the logic and the dynamics of certain things. Uh-huh. So if a set of parents simplified their priorities down to one or two things, yeah, a lot of the rest would actually follow almost automatically because they're focused on something that's actually fairly positive, uh-huh. make them feel better. Uh-huh. And you know, there is a thing about moving on and, and, and the thing about being confident and sort of courageous is probably something that comes up too, is yeah. having the courage to move forward. And I'd say even that is easier when you you know, I call it verbal branding, but what it really means is do you have the leading edge of your ideas and your thought process be simple enough so that they actually work uh-huh. and that you don't clutter your mind? What's more stressful than that, by the way, right? I'm just thinking about, you know, regardless of what's being addressed, divorce, business, name anything, it's stressful to try to tackle too many things all at once. And yeah. I think that stresses people out. And that's one of the ways people become unhappy and depressed. Uh-huh. Well, some people are better decision makers than others. Mm. So or some people can deal with more issues and some people are better with just fewer issues. But I see the benefit of dealing with fewer at one time. Well, I would be happy to default to <laughs> the general public. Yeah. Anybody listening now, even if they think they're really spectacular decision makers, yeah. I've never seen anybody not do at least as well or better if they simplify things. Yeah. How do you go about doing this simplification exercise? Well, there's the hearts and minds, right? Yeah. There, there's this objective reality. Like actually what you're just talking about is probably a good example. So so a set of parents that are getting divorced, if the true priority is the children being safe and yeah. things being fair. Yeah. So that's a relatively simple picture. And sometimes it's not as easy to come up with those, you know, what the priorities are. But if people know, and I would say unequivocally myself, based on everything I've been through and the things that I've taught people that, that I've seen work, yeah. is that if you do, a little bit like what I was saying before, is if you take your best shot at following objective reality and then your heart and mind of like, what do we want to be the priorities? And why don't we just agree on that? But the model that I use is dictated on the logic of dynamics. And I was sort of addressing it a minute ago. If a set of parents prioritize their children's happiness and fairness and leave the rest either for another time or they just don't address it right now, mm-hmm. so many other things will fall into place that things will just at least work out as well, if not better, based on that and that alone. Mm-hmm. So the simplicity dynamic of let's focus on that. Here's a couple of things. We're going to make sure these go well. And there's other things to address such as how do we split the money, say. Yeah. We have assets. But by focusing on something that's actually more important, 
that means the thing that's actually of lesser importance goes into its proper place. Uh-huh. And you get to talk about that later. And I think a set of parents that are thinking about these things, if they put money as the top priority, is that actually what they want? Uh-huh. Is that actually the simple picture that they want? Is it, let's fight over money, but the kids are there, but you know the fairness to them is not what we're going to focus on right uh-huh. now. To me, that sounds like a, a poor dynamic. Yeah. So I think by placing things, so the way to go about it is to try to be objective in terms of what truly are the most important things that we need to deal with. Let's mm-hmm. deal with them instead of all at once. Mm-hmm. Let's pick out the top couple. Yeah. And let's just really focus on that. So it is a way to focus. It's a way to prioritize and kind of build a story around that. Yeah. What we're talking about with simplicity sounds like a good lesson for anyone's life, not just a divorcing person. Well, I'm a, I'm a big fan, I have to say. <laughs> it you sounds know, I, like you are. <laughs> simplicity big, for all. Well, you know, I've heard stories, and these are personal stories about, I remember this one story I always remember where a gentleman worked his whole life to be a professor at, I think it was Harvard. So this person gave up a lot to do this. They worked, worked, worked. So gave up a whole bunch of things in their life. And then by the time this person, and they did achieve what they wanted, whether it's Harvard or MIT, whatever it was, they achieved their goal. And then once they were in this circumstance, the, the article had to do with this person's work-life balance. Yeah. They said that the thing that they actually enjoyed the most after all was said and done, this is decades of work, of giving up. What they really liked was that they lived down the street from where they mm-hmm. they conducted class, yeah. and then on on certain days it was so nice out that they just enjoyed the walk. Uh-huh. That's what they this person actually believed was the thing. It was that momentary. This is what actually has come of all this. Is yeah. that I love being able to walk to work on a nice day. <laughs> so it's <laughs> that's a, simplicity. You know, well, it was, and and I think that person learned a lesson about yeah. you know I gave up too much because yeah. the things that I actually enjoy have to do with things like just being outside and, ha- and walking down the street on a nice day yeah. and seeing flowers over there and some trees and saying hello to people. Yeah. Probably. It's hard for people to know what's important to them sometimes. It is. You know, I'm not sure what to say about that. I, I think, you know, <laughs> there's a discovery, you know, you and I have a similar job, whether it's in business or personal or whatever it is we're dealing with is yeah. the discovery process of a- asking people questions about what is important trying to decipher, is there a hidden meaning or are they actually being honest or not with themselves or us? So there's a discovery process that I think is important regardless of, you know. A self-discovery process. Well, yeah, and we're, we're in charge. I think sometimes people like you and me are in charge of conducting that. It's like they, it, it is self-discovery for them, yeah. but they need a facilitator. Yeah. Right? I, that's a fair way, I think, to say what we do on some levels, facilitate things. So we, we have to ask them good questions and, and yeah. push back sometimes if they don't sound like they're being truthful with us or them, themselves, yeah. things like that. Mm, part therapist, huh? Well, I yeah, I'm a big fan of that too. <laughs> you know, I'm a fan of a few things, I suppose, but you know, people's hearts and minds have to be there. The work that I do that's with businesses, I absolutely address that. And I would absolutely address that with people individually. And if we're talking about people that are about to be divorced or have been divorced and are struggling through, number one, I'd say, is is what you're trying to accomplish too complicated and can you pare it back? And also just follow your heart, right? I mean, I don't mean to be corny about mm-hmm. it, but you know, what what is it that you actually want? Mm-hmm. And do you have the courage to sort of be simple about, you know what, this is actually what I want. I'm going to do that. Uh-huh. And I'll let the rest fall into place some other time because I can only deal with just so much. Uh-huh. Very interesting. So what does confidence have to do with verbal branding? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to use the word simplicity over and over and over. Okay. But- there is a theme here. There is a theme, and I, I, I guess the reason I repeat myself a lot is because I think people need to be reminded constantly that it works, and there is, there is evidence. So the, I guess the picture that I'd paint is, 
if you have small wins, and I believe the best way to have small wins, and I'm thinking about, again, somebody that maybe is in the midst of a divorce. It's complicated, it's depressing, it's maddening, it's frustrating, it's all sorts of things. The way to, one way to break out of it is to have small wins every single day. And there's no way a person can have that unless they simplify what they're trying to accomplish. So if somebody wanted to stop smoking or lose weight or go for a walk or fix their finances or get a new job, yeah. they need to be ultra simple about it, in my opinion, and to have small victories every single day. Uh-huh. If they do have that, yeah. strangely, people's confidence starts to grow. And one of the way, ways, I think, to get through a situation like a divorce or you know myriad of other things too, but a divorce is to have small victories every single day. Okay. And and recognize them. Recognize them, be okay with feeling good about it. Yeah. And that builds confidence. Yeah. I'm not a big believer in that some people are just confident and some people are just not and sort of the black and white version of things. Yeah. People who develop confidence, real confidence, rather than fake confidence, <laughs> have accomplished things. Uh-huh. And they probably didn't do it overnight. Uh-huh. You know, they probably had small victories along the way, and maybe they went two steps forward and one step back a whole bunch of times. But if you feel good about that, you know, this is what my goal is every day. It's something; it'll be a victory to me. Yeah. And I'm going to build my confidence around that. That would work, uh-huh. actually. And I don't mean to go on and on about this, but no, it's interesting. Well, I might forget the exact ratio, but there's this continuous improvement type of philosophy around 1% a day. I'm not sure if you've ever, you know, so if you want to improve something and get really, really good at something, yeah. don't try to, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. So if you improve anything 1% a day, uh-huh. at the end of the year, it's like 3,600%, you know, which is not really going to happen. But another piece of the permission, I think, for somebody that's going through something like a divorce, say, well, actually, I'm just going to get a little better every day uh-huh. because the cumulative effect. Uh-huh. So be a, realistic about expectations. Huh? I think and it's, goals. that's a great way to think of it is uh-huh. be realistic about a perfect way to think of it. I think is be realistic and, and, and to know that if you do have small victories every day, yeah. emotionally, physically, uh, situationally, whatever it is, that there's a cumulative effect that actually adds up to quite a, quite a bit yeah. in shorter time period than people would expect. Yeah. In the context of a divorce, I was just thinking of some examples in my head while you're talking. I think, you know, if there's one day of a good parenting plan, where if there's struggles between parents, for example, and one day goes well, that's something to appreciate, right? And recognize. Victory. Of it, one a little, little victory. victory, as you said. <laughs> or um, a payment arrives on time, or there's a negotiated point that's been a struggle, and something changes and makes that struggle, changes into a compromise, Instead of conflict. Yep. Well, so I, I love the way you're putting it. And I think there's an attainability that has to be there. Yeah. I, I'll, my really, really fast story is my son doesn't like to go to the gym and work out, but he wanted to get in shape. So his version of this was to just all of a sudden, out of the blue, go work out for four hours and then <laughs> go the next day for four. You know, he just had this image of, <laughs> I'm out of shape. I want to be in shape. So I'm going to go crazy. Yeah. I'm going to, I said, actually try this. Uh-huh. Do 10 push-ups a day uh-huh. at home. Uh-huh. Don't even join the gym. Uh-huh. Do 10 push-ups a day every day for two weeks. And don't think of anything else. Okay. So write the simple goal, attainable. Yep. Just do it easy. But because of this dynamic of having small victories day after day, yeah. what actually happens, this is what I mean by the dynamics of things. By the time that two weeks was over, he wasn't doing 10 anymore. He was doing 30 or 40. Uh-huh. But if he started that way, it wouldn't have worked. 
You have to let it build. And so those, those small little victories every day, very attainable. Yeah. So people need permission for that too, is yeah. to have something small, simple, attainable, yeah. and be really satisfied on some level that I did it. Yeah. It was small, but I did it today and I'm going to do yeah. it tomorrow. I appreciate your perspective because I often say to clients, let's do things in baby steps mm. and try this little move and see if it works. And now when I'm seeing it, the baby steps philosophy from a different perspective, which is to recognize the success of a baby step. Mm-hmm. I think of it when I recommend it as more of a strategic thing. Mm-hmm. You know, let's see if it works mm-hmm. and let's see what the pushback is, if any, and let's see if how you feel about it once you do this baby step. Because yeah. I'm trying to steer a ship in a way when I'm mm-hmm. getting people to act differently and kind of adjust to their new life. So I like adding your perspective to this baby step philosophy of let's see if it works and re- recognize that it's a success. It's to amazing. build confidence. You know, have a little courage, not a lot, because that's too hard. Yeah. Right. But have a little. Yeah. Maybe a little bit every day, you know, and mm-hmm. sort of chip away. It's like a grain. Sometimes I think of it that way. It's like a grain of sand at a time instead of, you know, whatever. You know, is it, yeah. It, it can work in the fastest way. What I've always noticed, it seems counterintuitive in life. <laughs> the fastest way to get to a goal, strangely, is baby steps, as you would say, and sort of build a foundation of little successes really good foundational, yeah. you know, emotions, situation, whatever yeah. is needed. Yeah. And trust in that. Be be courageous enough to trust in a slower process. Yeah. What feels like a slower process. Sometimes it ends up being faster, actually. So how do we apply verbal branding to someone going through a divorce? Can we call it something like personal branding? How would that work? There's probably a million ways. <laughs> but a person going through divorce on that level, I would call it personal branding, I suppose, is what's the vision that this person wants in terms of, you know, who do they want to be next? Because uh-huh. I guess in this situation, it is a next scenario. It is. They have new, to new move chapter. on. From, new yeah. chapter. I love it, right? It's a new chapter. So the personal brand is what's the vision of who they want to be, yeah. what situation they want to be in. And I'll just continue to harp on that what's the simplest version of what the goal is, what the vision is of where they want to be. Yeah. And there's a short and a long term to it, I think. We've talked a bit about the small pieces. Yeah. But I think it makes more sense to people if they have a longer term vision for it too. Sometimes it's changing jobs. Sometimes it's changing their financial situation. Sometimes it's relationship-based. Like I can't really address there's so many flavors of all this. But to apply verbal branding is I, I think people, even though that's what I call it, I think it's best if people don't think of it, you know, what in the world is verbal branding? Yeah. What we're really talking about is how do you prioritize and simplify, and what do you think? It all starts with what do you think every day. Right. And if somebody said to me, well, I think I want these 10 things, Uh I'll say, forget it. It's not going to work. Tell me what are the one or two most important things you think that you want. Where do you think you're going? Mm -hmm. What change do you think you need? Mm -hmm. And what do you need to do? Mm-hmm. Give me two bullets on each of those or even just one of them at a time yeah. and go that way. That, believe it or not, that's part and parcel of what verbal branding ends up being. Okay. You know, I happen to apply it to business, but the personal part of it can be that. That would make life a lot easier, wouldn't it? Hmm. <laughs> I think so. I don't if one, what do they say? If one person like takes a little bit of it and uh runs with it and yeah. it helps the, the you know, of all the people that are you know yeah. be listening to this, if one person it helps. That's that's right. how, that's the best. We that's a good, all good. So I'm thinking about how I how I can convey your message to a client, to a divorcing client. So I could say something like, "Think about simplifying your life. Mm-hmm. Think about what your goals are. Think about how to reach your goals little at a time. 
Don't take on too much. Focus on what's important to you. Think about what's important to you first. Figure out what's important to you and then try to get to that goal. Think first. Yeah. I mean, this actually, this is unavoidable, by the way, is we can't help but to think first. So what I'm suggesting is what's the organization of what you think mm-hmm. you want, what you think you'll do. So organize, you know, it starts in our head. So everything you said is absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. You're welcome. I got your message. <laughs> well, that you're doing wonderfully well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, verbal branding has, has to do with that. It's uh-huh. just simplify all that. And, you know, I do like to think of the confidence piece is people in the midst of a divorce, it's not every time, but sometimes they lose confidence. Yeah. Right? In fact, anybody that said that they don't or hasn't, I, I'm not sure whether I would believe that or not. So, you know, I'm not going to speak For my for audience, you have a skeptical look on your face. <laughs> I'm very... <laughs> I have absolute skepticism <laughs> yeah. that there's not a piece of someone that doesn't lose confidence. How could you not? Right. This thing that was so important to me didn't work out, whether it's my fault, the other person's fault, or both of our fault, or whatever. Yeah. So there's a little lack of confidence there. So confidence is a huge thing. I mean, people are less stressed. They act more efficiently. They're happier. I mean, what can't you say about it? So the idea of building confidence through many baby steps, like you said, and a yeah. little bit of organization of how people think yeah. and being precise about what they want and yeah. not afraid to move that in that direction slowly, actually, a little bit a day. You know, really, little tiny little victories add up to a lot. Yeah. So think, process. Choose. Choose. Prioritize, choose, right? Think. So think, prioritize, choose. Well, I'm thinking out loud. It's no yeah. pun intended. I'm thinking out loud as you're talking. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I think choosing, you know, choose the vision. Yeah, yeah. And then just um, simplify it. Uh-huh. Cut and out then- all the extraneous stuff. Mm-hmm. Eliminate as best as a person can the complexity of what they're thinking mm-hmm. about. It has to be done where they need to go. Yeah. And the leading edge couple of ideas that somebody could have. Yeah. My very, very sincere proposal for anyone yeah. is pick no more than one or two things, you know, ideas that they want to pursue. Yeah. Cause it just there's just diminishing returns after that. It's scientifically based actually. Yeah. More than two. Once you start to get to three or four, you know, God forbid more than that, yeah. it's not going to work near Can't as well. Yeah. All right. Can't be done. Any parting thoughts? Well I wish people simplicity and uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I've been through it myself and I think it's unavoidable for it to be a day-to-day process. Yeah. And why not have that try to work out better? Yeah. Through all the things that we've talked about. Yeah. Just, you know, stop trying to do so many things all at once. Go ahead and be courageous enough to build your confidence a tiny, tiny bit at a time. And the logic that I've talked about, and we could talk about this all day, by the way, but (laughs) the logic that I've talked about has everything to do with choosing a couple of real true priorities that you're willing to say, you know what, I'm really just going to think about these things for a while uh-huh. and try to improve them a little bit at a time. And it's amazing what happens to people's energy, their confidence, their self-satisfaction. Yeah. And then that's where the confidence comes. They start feeling like they're going in the right direction. Good. I'd love to see clients be confident mm. and move on to yeah. the next chapter. Yeah. It's been wonderful talking to you. Very interesting topic. So much unlike many of the other divorce-related as substantive co- topics we've talked about, this is more emotional mm-hmm. and about kind of self-reflection and mm. recreation and the next chapter. So, Stephen, thank you for coming in today. 
I've been speaking to Stephen Melanson, uh, Melanson Consulting, about verbal branding. So Stephen, if someone wanted to get in touch with you about verbal branding or to get more information following this podcast, how can they reach you? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Anyone can get in touch with me. The best way would be my phone number, which is 781-443-5017. Very good. Thanks so much. Thank you. If you'd like more information about the topics covered in our podcast, please contact us at Grossman & Associates. You'll find a competent and experienced team of compassionate, responsive, and innovative legal professionals. Email me at hindell at grossmanltd.com. My first name is spelled H-I-N-D-E-L-L. Or call us at 617-969-0069. Thank you for listening.